Welcome to New Type Flash Podcast. This is a podcast where every other week we take you through Gundam's Universal Century in a more or less chronological order and try to um, provide some interesting tidbits and insight and stuff like that along the way. Um, this week we are doing part two of three episodes on Mobile Suit Gundam 3 Encounters in Space. Um, last week we finished off with, uh, the Texas colony as far as the TV show went, and we're going to try to follow up and, and do some more interesting things in contrast between the manga, the TV show and the movie. Um, uh, we've got your three hosts. I am Lane. We also have Luke. Hello. And we have Scotty. Hey. All right. So to kind of just summarize the TV show, as far as episode 37 goes, um, Mukube uh, gets his cool-looking uh, mobile suit, Gyan, and duels with Amuro and gets uh, gets deaded. Um, so let's let's pick it up with that. So uh, Lala tries to stop the fight, and uh, Amuro cuts Mukube in half. And next, now there's a hole, <laughs> and air is going through it because it's a colony. Yeah, um, but yeah, well, there's a little bit more before that. I mean, they're kind of like, Shar and Amuro are like fighting back and forth a little bit, and Amuro has no idea where Shar is at first. Right? Is, is there a hole at that point? Yeah. There is a hole? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because we see Shar telling Lala to go back to the Zanzibar, which the Zanzibar is a, a Zeon like, cruiser class gotcha. that's how they got there because remember they did not have suits when they first got there right they went there to pick up uh char's suit and uh i think lala's too right did they pick up the elmeth there mm. no they didn't they she, she already had the elmeth didn't she mm, I, I think, think the elmeth is like back at base at the moment that one doesn't show up for a couple more episodes no yeah. they did they did go to pick up the elmeth I think this is where they picked it up. I don't think she pilots it for a while, but I think they picked it up here. Yeah, that's it's not super clear from the show, but in all the other media, it's kind of put together that that's what they were doing there. Yeah. Yep. Um, so it's it's interesting. I mean, there's not a lot to say here other than like this is this is one of those scenes where um, just watching Shar and um, Amuro kind of go back and forth. That Amuro is just the better pilot. And the only problem he has is he doesn't have the experience that Shar has. He has better intuition, better skill set at everything than Shar. Yeah. It's just a matter of like him kind of building his skills as a gun. I never player. I never feel like Amuro is the better pilot. I feel like he's the more psychic one. I mean, I guess at the end of the day, like is it if you can anticipate your enemy's movements and you can counter them like i i feel like well, if you know what some, if you know what somebody's going to do right if you know somebody's going to punch you in the face and you're not fast enough or you're not skillful enough to like deflect the punch and like do a counter punch to totally fair point um and but i think what i mean by that is is I feel like we see all of this build up of uh Char being this amazing pilot with no powers and Amuro it just has powers. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I always got, I always had the impression that Char was the better, like natural pilot, and then Amuro just happened to be psychic, and it kind yeah. of put. Yeah, Char yeah. So I, I think I can't remember which episode we. It was one of the movie episodes. Um, I think I mentioned like, you know, up to this point we have seen um, Char in Origin and. And Char is better than everybody else, and nobody else is a new type. And Char is kind of a new type, but like maybe like ten percent new type, right? Pre-new type. Yeah. Well, I mean, he he has some new type abilities. I mean, he, but there like, is just yeah. He hasn't he hasn't been you know in any way enhanced or uh, like poked and prodded at like Amaro and Lala have. Uh, not very much for Amaro, especially in the TV show, but. Uh, yeah, you know, Lala's been at the Flanagan Institute, and and for this fight in particular, I mean, the way this one ends is sort of, it's your typical, hey, it's a TV episode, and they're going to fight again later, so end it non-definitively. Gundam kind of runs out of energy because it's just been fighting again. You know, it's not, it wasn't really presumably right. out there equipped for a long battle, and then also Shar is not really used to the Gelgoog yet. 
This is a brand new suit for him. Yeah. 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 I, I guess just my, my main point is like Char is a awesome pilot for a, a normal person. And that doesn't, I mean, long-term we know that doesn't stack up against a new type as far sure. as like Amaro, go, Amaro goes. This is, this is one of those times where the, uh, the, the us discussing him being a normal human is very conflicting with the movie version, but I mean, we'll get to that later. So he, but. he, he is a new type, but again, I think they have degrees of new types because I mean, technically most of the white base crew are new types, but they're obviously not on the same level as Amaro is. Yeah. I think, uh, they make a comment later about how Amaro is like the best new type. Right. Period. Lala's probably second. Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't know. It's, I guess that's a fair argument. I kind of got the thought that you know, maybe they were roughly the same, or at least at this point they're roughly the same, but Amaro over time would be better. And I, and I almost want to say something calls that out explicitly. That we yeah, well, I think Char, yeah. Char says that later on. Yeah. Like, you know, he, Alala's better, and Char, or, but Amaro has the ability to surpass him, her with time. Yep, the potential. Right. Yeah. Um, the only other thing we see in the episode um, that we don't really see in the movie um, is uh, Frau starts falling for Hayato at this point after Hayato gets uh, injured. And, and uh, she's just kind of like distracted when Bright's talking to her. It's, it's like uh, having difficulties doing her job. So they don't really follow this too much in the, the, the movie. But I think it's, in the movie, I only recall seeing maybe in the entire movie, about five to 10 seconds of that being a thing. Right. I feel like they covered it in the movie, but like Luke said, it's just, it's a very quick thing. It's a, by the way, this is happening. And that's about that. Very much so. Yeah. All right. So let's jump back to the movie now. Um, and let's restart Texas Colony because this is different. It's very different. Oh, hey, well, Joaquin's dead in the show. We skipped that in 38. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't even note that. Oh. Well, anyway, <laughs> in case you were wondering where that guy from Luna 2 went, he kind of starts to sortie, and then uh, uh, they end up... It's not really uh, shown too much, but um, it is uh, presumed that the uh, Xeon ship the Zanzibar is able to uh, take it out, take out his Magellan. He is just in a Magellan. Uh, and the, uh, the other note I had about episode 38, and this is something that I think I wrote the quote down. So my apologies if this was in the movie too, but um, when, you know, so episode 38 has uh, Sela running into Shar at Texas colony, or I should say Shar kind of like tries to carjack her Jeep. And she's just, Oh yeah. And he's there like holding a gun up to her. Um, mm-hmm. And so they kind of start to talk a little bit about, and this is one of the, the few times in the show they, they mention new types, but the show is closer to the end at this point than the movies are. Um, so it's not too much of a surprise, but you know, he mentions Jim Baral and how, you know, uh, Shaw really believes about, you know, Daikun wanting the world to be rebuilt for new types and uh, Dagwin, you know, he knows he's the one that got rid of him and, uh, again, just saying, uh, Hey, like I want you Artesia, I want you to leave the forces. I'm going to give you enough gold to be able to leave and go to earth and live on your own, which is some context that's yeah. nice because when we get to this point in the movie, uh, it's not explained very well. Um, so yeah, they do, the they do have this in the movie too. They, they, they have a flashback to the origin of, um, Zeon and, um, it, I can't remember if the TV show shows it or not, but I think it does. Yeah. But Bright is listening into this entire conversation. Yes, yes. I was mostly specifically talking about the um, case of gold. He's not very well yeah, explained. Gold oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The case of gold is like he, he mentions it and then it just appears in the movie. But in the TV show, you see it kind of like floating in space. Yeah, this this part was definitely trimmed down a little bit. Um, it. it I got. I felt very much like this was just a very sudden brain dump of, of motivation and, and characterization out of nowhere um, in the movie, yeah. at least. So I don't know if it was... I think with the rearranging for the movie, it just kind of felt like out of left field. Yeah. Um, the other note I had, and we will move on to the movie, is that 
so after all of this and they get back into the Zanzibar in the show, we have a scene with Char and Lala and Lala can tell something is like, you know, he's, you know, he's a little bit out of sorts from running into Artesia again. And she asks what happened. And my note is Char is a dick about it. Um, <laughs> and the quote is my life has its share of tragedies. Don't ask me that again. And it, to me says something about, their relationship or at least how Char views it, which is maybe not as seriously as Lala's viewing it. And I think that's important context for some of the stuff that comes later. That isn't, I mean, it's, it's subtle, but I mean the all, everything with Lala to me is, is probably the biggest uh, casualty of the trimmed down schedule that they had for the show. Yeah, yeah, so I, I had notes, and, and this is kind of jumping back to the movie and kind of segueing into um, that relationship. Um, so, like, basically, Lala confronts Char, right? And she's hitting yeah. on him. Um, and he's basically like, I don't have any romantic feelings for you. Yeah, uh, that, I just want you for your your skills. Your power. That part stood out to me really heavily because he, it was so. It was. He, she's like, "I love you, and I know you don't feel the same way, but I'm still gonna love you." And he's like, "Yep, don't feel the same way." Yeah, and that was after um, Lala had mentioned that um, something had been reaching out to her and touching her. I think the quote was in a warm and ki- warm, kind and caring way, um, and that was Amro, right? So that was his his new type, um, like aura hitting out to her. Um, and something in the movie, and this is kind of like completely separate, but I had a note about this. I didn't notice it in the show and I could be wrong, but I think in the movie they mentioned that Char and Lala are there and the Saikamu system is being tweaked. It's just like one sentence, but I don't remember it in the TV show. And I think they might've added it for the movie. That wouldn't surprise me one bit uh, because the movie adds so much new type stuff. It's one of the reasons I like the compilation movies for this show, especially this third one, Um, because if you just watch the TV show and then you go on to the sequel series, this new type stuff, it comes up a lot. It starts to be more and more and more and more and more important. So just having some, yeah. It's kind of interesting too because they 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 compiled the movies and then added stuff before Zeta ever came out, right? Yes. So I mean, they it, it's almost like this would technically be the more canonical version if you had to compare yeah. them. Yeah, I wonder. I mean, this is all conjecture. I wonder if they knew where they were kind of going with some of the stuff in Zeta or, or something along those lines, and that's mm. why they tweak this stuff. I mean. The movies were a response to the success of the model kits were the only success that came out of the show's original run. And I think this predates Zeta uh, by four years is 83 for the Mm -hmm. last movie, Uh, maybe 82. And Zeta was what? 86, 87. Uh, Okay. Yeah. So, so my conjecture was wrong. (laughs) No, no, no. But I think, you know, in in the back of someone's head, I think you could be right about yeah. that speculation. Well, I mean, it, you know, especially if you go into, uh, I mean, I'm sure they knew it at a certain level, like they were going to make more shows. May, they may not know the detail of it, but the fact that the, the TV show ends so heavily with the new type magic stuff doesn't surprise me that they, you know, emphasized it going forward in the, in the other series. Yeah, and I think the uh, the novelization of the of the show came out before the compilation as well, and that was wildly different in the end. Yeah. So it it, it kind of seems like uh, I bet I bet you once the model kits started picking up, Tamina started thinking, "Why? Well, right, what am I going to do here?" Oh, the do- yeah. the novels are a ride. Like, isn't it? Uh, I have not read them, but I think it's what like Amaro dies, and basically yeah. like Char- Amaro and Char both die at the end. I think. Yeah. Well, I know Amaro dies, and I think doesn't Char come in? And they give him a Gundam, and that's like so. If you ever see a model kit that's the RX seventy eight two Casval, it's because yeah, it's- I, I I don't recall that part specifically, but I, I do recall. Um, I think Sela and Amaro straight up like I think he got her pregnant in the middle of the book. <laughs> it, wow. Are the books in English like officially? I don't know. I read a fan, I read like a online translation at some point yeah. legally. 
definitely. <laughs> Legally, definitely. Um, yeah, I'll definitely. I, I want to check those out sometime because I've yeah I've heard the same thing. I've heard, and and this happens with a handful of the series is like the novelizations kill off the main characters at the end, even though like the the show may not. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's move forward a little bit. Um, and <clears throat> again, we're talking specifically about the movie now. Um, Shar and Amro are fighting. Makube is not here at all in yeah. in the movie. Um, the, um, the other key difference here in the movie, again, Solomon has not happened yet when White Base is going to. Oh, excuse me. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Solomon has not happened yet when the White Base is going towards Texas in the movie. Correct. Um, whereas in the show, it has. And in the show, White Base is going there on a quote-unquote mop-up operation that really isn't explained any further. In the movie, in this case, they are going there to rendezvous with Joaquin's fleet. And then they will get further orders, which we can then, you know, we can presume their next orders would be, okay, now you're with that fleet, now you're going to Solomon. So that's, the whole purpose of them going there is different. Yeah, so um, Shar and Amaro meet up. And they start brawling. They're in a in the middle of a minefield, um, and in the movie they seem pretty evenly matched. Like the t- I kind of mentioned before, the TV show Amro always seemed like he more or less had the upper hand. Uh, and in the movie, I don't get that. Um, it it seems like one on mano y mano type thing. Yeah, it's a it's a little bit closer. And I had to I had to take a note on this because it's the name of our our show. When Amaro is hit by a mine, Lala has a, a new type, type flash. flash. Yeah. We, need a, we need production for that. <laughs> I'll, yeah, I'll think about it. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, after this, we see Shar riding horse. <laughs> um, and then Say- they, he meets up with Sayla on the, when she's in her dune buggy. Uh, and then we get our, our flashback to the origin of Xeon, um, Daikun, and all that stuff. Yep. But a little bit of a different context here, whereas in the show, he's more, hey, you know, I, I believe in what dad said, and, and I know what happened to him, and that's why I'm going after the zombies. Here he uh, mentions that they should take out all the old types so that new types can live as new types. And uh, I think they were trying, it kind of seemed like they were trying to align him more with his, his like future aspirations. Yes. I think. Yeah. Because, yeah. Cause in, in the, in the TV show, he's definitely, he's um, throughout several portions of this movie, you know, he's telling Amaro that he's a danger because he's a new type and yada, yada, yada. So like basically his goal is to kill Amaro uh, and take out the Gundam because the Gundam is a, is a, or Amro as a new type is a threat to peace. Yeah. He's Char is much more Magneto in the movies. Like for yeah. his motivation. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So yeah, um you know, Char leaves Sela, um Bright hears this whole thing. Um and then he seems super confused by it too. Like he's kinda like, what was going on with that, even though he heard everything. He hasn't yeah quite 100 percent put everything together yeah right he's he seemed to like have an idea of what's going on but again like if i was like listening to somebody and and they were talking about all this weird you know talking about their family like legacy and all that stuff and and you didn't have a lot of like context and didn't know what what and who they were like just hearing it even if they were like kind of like talking about all the details you're not going to catch it all because i'm sure it's confusing and i think that's where he's coming from he's like i think he has a hint of where they are but he's not 100 percent sure like ah yeah this is this is what we're dealing with definitely caswell right there i can tell <laughs> yeah i know who that is too um but yeah so he, he confronts sayla and sayla comes clean she basically tells him the whole thing and that's it um, He's super chill about it. Yep. So what I wanted to cover before we, we kind of move on here, um, you know, cause she's like, yeah, the case is from Char and all that. And then in, in the movie we go, like we start cutting into Solomon and building towards that. Um, I just wanted to cover quickly since we're here uh, in the origin manga, if you're keeping up with that, 
Um, when you get to Texas, you're in uh, still in volume nine. So it's right after the side six things. So this goes in the same order as the movie. So you have side six and then Texas. Um, and that's why to me it's two thirds. The canon is it's side six and then Texas to me in my head. Um, yeah, it makes sense. And, and it's kind of a strange progression in the show. Uh, but anyway, uh, I think they thought they had more episodes. So the difference is with it, it, Texas is a lot of the same, but still very different when you read through it. Uh, for one, there is there are more crew that go out in sortie. Uh, so you've got gun, a couple of gun cannons go out. Slegger goes out in his core fighter. Um, and then the other big difference is that uh, Charlie Bull is at Texas. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah. So they're going to pick up the Elmuth and Texas is kind of being, it's implied it's kind of being used by these, uh, gentlemen at the Flanagan Institute as a place that they can test out, you know, some of these mobile armors. And, uh, so you have Gundam versus Browbro inside Texas colony in the origin manga. Uh, Gundam still wins. Uh, but the Browbro does a little bit more, like it actually takes out one of their gun cannons. Um, I think it, Oof, I think it's Danny that gets fried because he's a gun cannon pilot uh, in this one. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, so all that's there. We're going to talk more about Charlie Bull later. Um, so I'll, I'll bring up some of the characterization they give him in the manga when we get to that part uh, of the show in a little while. Um, but the part that I think is relevant to cover now is the differences in the Shar and, and Sela encounter. Uh, so if you watched the origin OVAs, you're going to really appreciate the manga here because they meet up at their old um, home where like Teablo was. Oh yeah. Oh, not okay. Teablo. Okay. I'm sorry. Um, the Osnables and stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. And they mention, you know, Teablo it's by the gravestones. Uh, most of the conversation is the same. It's just deeper in its connections back to um, the previous content in origin of their origin stories, no, no pun intended. It's not even a pun if it's the same word, right? But anyway, uh, the other difference here is that Kai overhears the conversation. So instead of it being over these comms, uh, it's actually Kai overhearing it. And what's implied is that when they get back to the ship, he reports all this to Bright. And so that's how they find out. There's none of the briefcase of gold stuff or anything like that. Um, it still ends with, you know, Sailor like crying on a bed, like, but yeah, that's what is right. different there. That's interesting. I definitely need to get the rest of the manga series. Right now I have one in 12. <laughs> it's, way better. it's way better. Um, I have just 12. Um, all right. Battle of Solomon. It happens in the movie now. Um, so we see Dozel. He is at Solomon. Um, he, we get to see uh, little baby Maneva. Um, and Dozel's basically knows that the Federation is coming. It's going to be a big battle. Um, and he sends all of the women to leave. Um, is this the first time they actually say her name? Yes, I think so. As far as I know, yeah. 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 Um, and I, I, so, I, I remember the first time I watched this movie thinking, wow, that's going to be important later. Like, <laughs> because it's so out of nowhere. And when it's okay, like an heir to this important family, oh, yes, please escape. You just, I mean, you know, even 20 years ago, I knew enough about how these stories go. go oh, yeah, that's going to be important. Then this funny <laughs> thing happened where Double Zeta didn't come out here. And so like when I watched through Zeta and all the other OVAs, I was like, wow, they went nowhere with that. Because <laughs> in Char's counterattack, it doesn't really come up either. Uh, no. You know, so I was able to watch that. And that's kind of as far as things went. And then the next thing that came out was F91, where none of this seems like it ever fucking happened. Um, <laughs> so like I was until Unicorn came out, I was like, wow, they did nothing with that at all did they and it turns out they did it's just double zeta didn't come out here for so long had, had you uh had you watched double zeta when you watched unicorn at that no point? no i didn't watch double zeta for the first time until about two years ago 
Right. Which is the internet's fault. They said it was terrible. They were they were wrong. That's true. That's true. I avoided it like the plague for years because of that. We'll we'll get to this later, but I I think up till now, so I haven't seen everything in the universal universal century timeline. But the second half of Zeta, I think, is my favorite Gundam show. Okay. The second okay. half of it. The, the first half, not so much. So, like, if 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 you wrap it all together, is if if you say is Double Zeta your favorite? I'd say no. But if you were to like cut Double Zeta in half, I would say yeah. yes. It's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, let's, let's, I. I don't know if I would agree with that statement, but I, I that's fair. Yeah, it's it's definitely good. So, uh, yeah, I guess we'll get to that. And I don't know what's how long is it going to take to get there? Oh, we're doing double data now. We'll get there in about a year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to watch it again. <laughs> All right. So, um, Dozel, uh, back to Dozel at um, Solomon. Um, Dozel will not request help from Cassilius' fleet. Uh, because it would be embarrassing for him to have to like reach out to her, uh, which makes a lot of sense in a military battle where like you know victory or uh, whatever is is on the line. Um, and then kind of the next thing we see is the Federation prepping to use this giant solar weapon, which um, one that Zeon had been hinting at having themselves. Yeah. So the the whole reason he doesn't he doesn't call for help because he can only see some of the Tianum fleet at this point, which is the main attack fleet heading for uh, Solomon. Right. And uh, cause you gotta remember Joaquin's fleet is there and white base has joined up, but it's a separate fleet. The Tianum fleet has been hiding in the wreckage of side one. And so mm-hmm. they don't have full visibility on it. And I think to me, like Dozel is smart enough, you know, to know when he's outnumbered or outgunned. And I think he's only, partially seeing this one fleet and thinking that well, we were probably okay. And he's, you know, talking tough for all his men, but yeah, then the feds kind of fire their solar system weapon and, uh, and it just wrecks. Yeah. By the way, great name. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, well, there's, you know, they had to make it different from the solar ray, which comes later, but um, the, the really key strategic thing that happens here is that, they take out the main space gate or like the other way to think of it is the place where they would be launching most of their mobile suits and defense core for an attack. It just got obliterated by this weapon. Yeah. They basically lose the ability to launch anything at all. Right. More or less. Yeah. For the most part. Yeah. Like nothing else is getting out of Solomon. If it's out there on a Musai or Zanzibar or something, they can, they can send those out. Uh, but Yeah. Yeah, they get really a very, very bad strategic moment for them. Yeah. Yeah, so at this point, Dozel finally sends all the women off to Granada, and he stays behind. Um, and we we hear them talking about Big Zom a little bit, but we haven't seen it yet. Um, uh, but my my next note, it's completely random, but um, Mirai starts wanting to uh, bang Lieutenant Slager at this point. Yeah, it doesn't start here, but yeah, that one really felt like that came. That was in the movie, at least. She was like, "I don't really even notice him," and then suddenly, like, "Oh, you know what? I love." Yeah, him. yeah. In this a show, I think they they built it up a lot yeah, more. In the, show. in the movie, it's like he, he's getting ready to like fly out, and she's like. Yo, I need some. <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think she like ran after him and he gave her um, his ring. And it was literally, literally at that moment, I'm like, yep. wait, what? It is. What my, what my paper says here is too quick in movie. It's just. Yeah. It, yeah. I get the feeling that they would have cut Slugger out entirely, if not for something we're going to talk about in a few minutes. Yeah. I, I mean, the only other context we have with Slugger before this is when he like is slapping Mariah and telling like her fiance, like, you know, sometimes you just got to hit her enough that she listens to you hit her enough. So she uh, stays in line. <laughs> um, so at this point we get to see big Zom. It's a giant armless mobile suit. What, what is with the, 
it either has no arms or it has no legs. I I saw it as armless and a and having giant legs. I'm just saying they keep coming up with these like ultimate weapon. It has no arms. Ultimate well, remember, weapon. Remember, I mean their whole their whole development of mobile suits and mobile armors is just this weird pitched fever dream at this point. I mean, they're just cranking stuff out and. You know, it's a, a onesie, a twosie. Oh, well, make this one. Oh, no, this one sucks. Let's make another ultimate thing. Ah, oh, this one kind of sucks too. Now we can do better. And I think it's partially just uh, they're learning a lot more about what they they're, tr- they're trying very quickly. I, I I get the feeling that they're trying to make like ultimate weapons at this point, right? Like like if, if you yeah. want to compare it to like modern warfare or not, well, semi-modern warfare, like World War Two, you know, um, it, at this point, like, World in World War Two, Germans were experimenting with um, rockets a lot, right? Um, and, and you know the the Americans were doing the uh, Manhattan Project to build a nuke. So like you know they're they're putting a lot of efforts into these one off things that are like supposed to be these super weapons that can like turn the tide of battle. I get what you're saying, but in this, if you think about the timeline a little bit, like they're rolling out like four, five, six, seven, like, ultimate weapons over the span of, like, three or four days. Yeah. Well, I mean, the the big Zom is the only one that's built. It, it is like, and they say that, um, just like with um, the Gyan. The Gyan is the only one that's built. But the Gyan one, uh, we'll talk about this one when we talk about um, the the manga a little bit more. The Gyan was, like, a one-off just for Makuve, right? Yeah, and I think they, they built it, figured out that it had some flaws, and then they moved on. Yeah, immediately they didn't they didn't have any like grand aspirations yeah. of doing anything yeah. with the, it. The uh, the other kind of thing here, just to kind of steer us back towards the battle a little bit, uh, there was a point here that Solomon does request reinforcements, and that's what gets Shar and Lala heading back in that direction. Now, okay all the reinforcements that are, you know, either on the way or the ones that are going to like Cassilia does send some from Granada and it's all too late. And Dozel knows it's too late, but he's, you know, kind of called for them anyway. Maybe there's a chance with this big Zom. And that's why he goes out in the big Zom is he's thinking if there's any way at all to stall for time for these reinforcements where I have to use this super weapon. It's too bad. We never see, uh, in any of this media officially, I think um, it's one of those things like, I don't know if it was made just for Gunpla or not, but have you guys seen uh, Dozel's custom Zaku? It's slick. No, I haven't seen it. Yeah, look well, at I it. Seen it. It's really neat. I mean, it's still a Zaku, but like the coloring is, uh, it's real nice. Cool. Oh, it's like this like green and yellow, right? Yeah, it's got like that gold trim on it, almost like a, uh, Sananju kind of trim going on. Oh yeah, I see, I yeah. see. Yeah, that looks cool. Sick. I like it. The gunpla kit for it is actually pretty sweet. Yeah, I can't look that up. I got a pile of stuff, but <laughs> yeah, the the high grade kind of is kind of not that special, but the uh, the the MG is pretty baller. It's probably P Bandai or something. Yeah. So. Um... So the big Zom actually, you know, it has a pretty big impact initially. Like nobody's able to really damage it, but um, Amro shows up and pretty much makes short order of it. Um, yeah, and when he starts to, you know, kind of figure out, Dozel starts to figure out that the Gundam is a threat to the big Zom and gives the order to evacuate. Yeah, and uh, so Amro takes it out, and Dozel jumps on top of the big Zom and is like. I'm not going to let, you know, this be the end of me. And like his, I don't know if it's a new type aura or what, but I mean, I, I, I wrote Dozel's new type aura scares Amaro. <laughs> Man, I think, I think Lane, you were like the people that made this movie where you're just like wanting to get done with Slegger and forget he ever happened. That's probably true. I, yeah, I, he kind of, this is the only important thing. All he, he did, does so. and you skipped it. All right. <laughs> All right, all right. I don't like Slayer. Whatever. Go on. We dropped Slayer up so many times that if we just skipped his his like culminating event, it would be so. Yeah. <laughs> so the the way that they are able to kind of break through, I think it's an eye field that the Big Zam has, 
is that Slegger just flies kind of down near the legs, gets stabbed by Big Zam toenails and goes, yep, well, screw it. This attack from below didn't work, but it's still about to, and then continues to just fly up into the bottom of the Big Zam and, uh, and he dead. But his core fighter explodes or core booster, depending on what you're watching and gives Amaro the opening that he needs. Yeah, I, I guess um, there's just for me, it's been there's there's so many suicide pilots in, in Gundam that it's uh, it's easier for me to forget them. Japanese <laughs> suicide pilots. Where did they get that idea? <laughs> um, but yeah, so Dozel's new Titabora scares Amuro because he's like going ballistic and then the big Zom blows up and kills Dozel. So he ends up just like freaking Amuro out and that's it. He gets a pretty cool death scene, though. I mean, he, he does. And they're shooting at the Gundam with a an assault rifle, more or less. <laughs> pretty and much. I, the The only other time I can think of in Gundam that I saw an aura like that is with Haman Khan. It's the yeah. only other time I can really think of one. So, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, his his death scene was pretty cool. Uh, and again, Dozel's one of my favorite characters, especially in Origin. But even in this, he's he's good. Um, he's he's a he's a trip. So he's a, he's a little funny in this, but yeah. he's still good. Um, so Solomon Solomon base is lost at this point. Um, yeah. Zeon loses it. Yeah, but we do have confirmation of Zena and Maneva getting away, and they're on a ship with Makuve, who's alive and well. <laughs> yeah except he's dead and what two two out of the three at this point yes so he's he's dead but he's not dead here in the movie yeah do they do they show him dying in the movie nope yeah i didn't think they did either i got a special note about that when we get there um oh. so we we kind of flash to Giran back uh where, wherever he is at this point um and Cassilia apparently has a new type core um and he is going to use Cassilia's new type core um and he also wants to use a solar weapon now the reason this is interesting is because they go nowhere with the new type core that Cassilia has in the movie uh, but they do in the tv show so that's kind of I, I don't know. This is this is a weird layout, right? It's uh, so the stuff that we get to in the movie here in a little bit with Char and Lala, that's the new type core. It's just not explained whatsoever that those two things are the same thing. You didn't think that um, Shalia Bull's the new type core in the show? In the show, he is right. Yeah, yep. But they're also operating with Char and Lala. In the show. That's true. Okay. All right. So yeah, the core is three people. Yeah, and you have to remember <laughs> also that you know she's bringing this up because she's brought Shar back. She's the one that brought Shar back into the fold, and right. So that that's that's where you get the implication. However, I will say, uh, watching the movie, I can completely understand why you would think that it is not it is not laid out very well. Yeah, definitely not. Um, so yeah, Garen goes on and. Um, this is, you know, previous. To, so, like, but he, when he had talked to Degwin Zabi before, that there had been a lot of, um, you know, uh, parallel parallels to like the Nazi talk and how he was like better than Hitler, yada yada yada. Um, and better too. Yeah. Whatever. But in this this time, he I mean, he's talking about killing undesirables and a whole bunch of stuff. So like it's it's even closer than we had thought before. I think, yeah, I think, he, I think he's like inferior. He's talking about inferior genetics. And yeah. All kinds so of at stuff. this point, like they've they've made that like very, very explicit. If it wasn't explicit before, it's explicit now. <laughs> I mean, it was like uh, they didn't get the Nazi references. Let's let's beef it up. <laughs> let's just rip stuff from Mein Kampf. <laughs> Um, yep. so yeah, uh, and then we flash back. Solomon has been renamed to Conpei. Yeah. Or Confeto. It's, it's really, uh, we learn later it's a Conpei Island. Um, it's because it's shaped like a, uh, Confeto. So this is one of those Dagashikashi, uh, 
uh, cuts, I think, right? Like, <laughs> um, it looks like a snack, so they named it after it. Uh, there's There was one note I did have here before we get too far away uh, in the... Um, in the manga part of things. So one of the things that's happened with the, the flash to the zombies is that Degwin has signed the papers authorizing this solar ray. Um, right. And uh, uh, in the uh, manga, like Degwin had like clearly like, it's mostly the same as far as what happens, but whereas he's more measured in the movie and then in the show, he legit like loses his temper at Garen in the manga. Um, Mm-hmm. There's no sense that Degwin is sort of defeated and going through motions like I get from the movie and show uh, in the manga I get where he's like, I'm sick of this. And he's thinking I'm going to have to like exert some power and do something. Uh, yeah, I th- I think in, in the last episode, part one, we talked about um, how. Giran had basically taken over everything and everything but name, right? So Degwin was in in control. Um, like Giran hadn't been able to like basically say I'm the leader, but he was controlling everything, and that was like the feeling I get throughout this entire movie. But I guess in the the manga, like it, it, they're more parallel. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you kind of get that feeling that. It's more, I guess, not so much that like Garen's in charge of everything in the manga. I get more of a feeling that the competing interests are actually competing. And Cassilia gotcha. is one of them, you know, make no mistake. Um, there are others. And uh, I think it's interesting, something that we might want to note for something that uh, we we may uh, talk about. So in the show, you know, we get this on the nose Hitler reference by Degwin in, in really every version. Um, and in the show, he just says something like, yeah, Hitler lost in the end. Uh, in the movies, uh, he mentions after Giran leaves to himself that in the end, Hitler's own followers tried to kill him, which I thought was important for something we might do. Yeah. Yep. Um, so we see a flash to Revel um, back on Solomon after they've renamed it. And I, I just thought it was interesting. <laughs> Revel like goes on this rant where he basically says new types aren't real. Um despite like all the evidence and the fact that like white yeah, white base has like been their new type core. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of, I was kind of surprised by that. Yeah. It, it just, it, it did seem odd. Um, Revel's not like, especially if you, if you've read through origin uh, and then into this uh, Revel's just not like a very sympathetic character, not a very charismatic leader. He's a warmonger. Um, he's not a Nazi warmonger, but he is, I guess you would say like, he's kind of like a Neville Chamberlain warmonger. Um, Cause you yeah. know, uh, again, going back into like the world war two, like analogies um, before Neville Chamberlain was even the prime minister of, of, of great Britain he was advocating heavily to go to war with um, Germany and, and Hitler in specific before Germany was really doing anything absolutely terrible. Um, so yeah. I kind of see like that, that comparison. So like, you know, Revel being the Neville Chamberlain and uh, Hitler being Giran in this case. Sorry to nerd out. Um <laughs> Now, look, I mean, uh, I mean, we just—I just have to kind of echo something like Giran equal Hitler. It's one hundred percent on the nose. I do not think there's a counter argument that could be made in good faith otherwise. Like it's a like, right. not like a one to one analogy. Excuse me, not a one to one metaphor, but it is absolutely like a one to one analogy. Right. Um. So. Stuff. Let's see. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, uh, yeah. I don't really have anything else from this part of the of the um, of the manga because it kind of jumps uh, at this point to Solar Ray, but there's plenty of other stuff that um, is going to happen in the movie and the uh, and the shows here. So there's uh, some weird singing after the Feds have taken over at Compay Island, and uh, stuff starts blowing up. Yeah. Um, and in the movie, you don't get a lot of idea of what's going on, right? Like, it's just like things start blowing up. 
Uh, and in the TV show, we get a little bit different, like, because this is again, like episode 37 was uh, basically um, Texas colony and episode 38 jumps to this scene. Whereas the movie, um, there's a whole bunch of weirdness. So um, yeah. Uh, what do you guys think? <laughs> um well this is so this is the point where you have the Sailor Bright conversation in the movie after the Elmeth attacks and then kind of leaves yeah. um because they're just sort of testing things out from a distance uh so that's where you really kind of get into that and Bright's like oh gosh these are Daikun's errors and, and that kind of thing uh and then you also have here uh, Shar arriving on Cassilia's ship and he gets um, he gets assigned to help defend a Bawaku. In the movie, they kind of mention it in passing that you know, oh yeah, the Feds could attack a Bawaku or they could go and try to attack Granada. They're essentially going, yeah, there's only one more defense point, and then they have a path clears through to Zeon. And if they get either of those two, then they, they only need to do one. Um, so you kind of figure out here that they know the Federation's going to attack a Bawaku next, but what that what that leads to. So in between here is when Degwin contacts the Federation because he wants to go and try to parlay with, with rebel. And yeah. And it's weird just to step back a little bit. Like the movie emphasizes a lot that, that every, like while Lala is doing her initial sniping, like everybody's getting like migraines and just like, just fucking everybody up. Um, it, it, it was like weird almost um but it doesn't really does it really show this in the tv show it could it seems like the the tv show and the movie handle like the sniping scene and almost the t the movie handles it as like two different scenarios and the the tv show seems to handle it in like one very coherent narrative yeah or am i no they think that's I'm trying to just kind of like skim through notes here because the, the events, like there's a lot of stuff happening very quickly at this point. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So I, I have, I have basically, you know, uh, Federation is, is getting sniped by, you know, Lala and Shar together. Um, Lala, Lala's new type powers are like just flustering everybody. Everybody's getting headaches. Everybody's getting confused. Um, and then we have like, um, Sayla giving all of her gold to the Federation and like telling Bright everything, um, and Degwin reaching out to the Federation for peace talks, um, and kind of Garen figuring out what's going on and says, "Nope, too late, yo." Um, yeah. yeah. Well, there's a and then and then Sh- and then Char shows up on Cassilia's ship. Yeah, yeah. So the the pacing is kind of funny because uh, you've got. You've got this whole thing with Chalia Bull, which I think we're going to do for next episode that happens right. like after that Elmeth stuff. And and then you get into like the stuff with Bright and Sayla and all that other stuff that we talked about. Um, so I mean, with the movie, you end up completely skipping over that. And, right. uh, you know, just to get to the, the high points of the plot. Um, so... Yeah. So Cassilia does say at this point too, when when because we've mentioned it before, Cassilia knows that Shar is Casval. Yeah, she kind of reveals that it's she's. I don't know if she said she's known the whole time. She or figured it out at some point. Right, and and they yeah. allude back to even in the even in the TV show, which I thought was really cool. They allude back to the origin stuff, which is you know obviously been retconned that she knew she had remembered him from when he was younger. Yeah. Yeah, and the uh, the movie and the origin manga are pretty similar here. Again, uh, I will say that in the manga, Char does take his mask off a little bit earlier in the conversation, and uh, he, he kind of gets just figured out. And there's another interesting part where, uh, in in the manga, he says like, "I knew when I'm paraphrasing." He's like, "I knew when Dozel discharged me and you brought me back in that one day I would have to talk to you face to face." and now it's here and my hands won't stop shaking. So he's like trying to pull this thing where he's like, Oh no, I'm totally not after revenge. Uh, I, 
I felt so empty after Garma and, you know, it was just, I'm totally on your side. Uh, <laughs> and I think I liked the extra context that he's sort of nervous about this conversation and it, it tells me he's not really completely sure he's going to convince her of this. Right. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, let's, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to make sure we don't get too far in. Um, so we see a few scenes where Bright is talking about Zeon's tech. Um, and I thought this was interesting just because we, we've talked here and there about like um, how the Federation has the gun cannons and like the Gundam, but that's pretty much it, right? Like they've, they don't have a lot of variety of, of, um, of mobile suits, uh, unless you're talking about like maybe some of the side stories at this point, but, um, but, um, uh, at least the main fleet, it's, it's gun cannon, gun, yeah. uh, gun tank, warfighter, fighter. And, but bright Zeon is basically so. like, you know, Xeon tech is 10 years ahead of the Federation. Um, and again, this is to me, this is like another allusion to kind of like the world war two, like, um, comparison because at the beginning of world war ii germany's tech was considered to be by far far and away like ahead of everybody else's and that's why with they were able to take on so many people um and and just like wipe them out of course that changed towards the end of the war um but you know it was also the thing where like the americans were just pumping out so much stuff that they you know even if the tech didn't end up like level towards the end of the war like it doesn't matter if you're throwing 10 tanks for every one tank. It's not, it doesn't matter. Right. I, I think <laughs> I forgot to ask this, or maybe I just forgot what the answer was from when we talked about it. You're the history guy here, the, the real life history guy. Uh, does, was Manofsky's attempted defection a parallel to anything? Um, y- yeah. So, uh, there was a big, uh, group of especially like jewish defectors like albert einstein's probably one of the more famous ones it was before the war um but then there was there's a handful of guys i, I can't remember the guy's name um but he he started to help like uh develop the the rocket um stuff and von braun uh, right? not yeah and, and he there's a, there's a city on the gundam moon named after him. <laughs> yeah so yeah it, the, there's a lot of you know very similar things that happen with a lot of German scientists that, um, happen that I I think is a parallel to this stuff, which is, I I like it. It's cool. Like little details like this is like, if, if, if you don't know the history, it's still really interesting, but if you know the history and you're kind of like comparing the stuff, it's really cool. Um, so yeah, I like it. Um, yeah, so the the last thing I think we'll note before we kind of wrap things up is um, I I don't know why I have a note of this, but Kai wants to stop fighting again. <laughs> Kai's definitely he's he's kind of a weird cat because he's just he's all he's all over the place, but it it always kind of goes back to I don't yeah, know he's a part of this. And then even after this kind of, right. So Kai is not a soldier and he never ends up being a soldier. Um, he has other skill sets and, um, fighting is not one of them. And, uh, I think he eventually like lands yeah. into a happier place, but, uh, he, he does not like being a pilot and does not like being in the thick of things. Yeah. So we, do we have anything else for this episode or we want to wrap it up and uh, move on to episode three, uh, three of, Part three. Yeah, no, we um, <laughs> if we go any further, we're we are going to start getting into the advance fleets for the eventual battle of Abawaku, and I don't think we are ready to do that quite yet. So, so it's a good stopping point. And I think we didn't do this last time. And guys, we talked about it a little bit on the chat, but we talked about some tech. So, is this a good time for me to put my question out there for our listeners? Let's All do right. it. So I'll try to be quick about this and I'm going to say in advance. So this, again, this is a question for our listening audience where I would uh, like to get some opinions, um, but more ideally see if anyone knows any facts and the internet has opinions and I don't like any of them and it has some facts and I found them unfulfilling. Um, For instance, Lane sent me a link answering this question and I see answers and I don't like them. 
So I just want to know if if there is another answer to this. And and it's because you want you want like hard sources, not conjecture. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, and what I'm talking about is Xeon's Mobile Suit series. Uh, so we have seen such things as the MS09 Dom, and then the MS14 Gelgoog, the MS15 Gan. Um, they're skipping a lot of numbers. And when I see a lot of numbers skipped, I want to know what the other robots were, damn it. Um, so in, in between the Dom and the Gelgoog, you've got stuff that was developed as part of the Pezun project, which is this other asteroid base that Xeon has where they were just kind of cranking out some prototypes. And so you've got the, the Pezun Duage, which was, you know, they were like, maybe this could be our replacement for the Dom only got to prototyping the action Zaku, which has a magnetic coating on the joints to increase mobility, never put into service in the one year war. Um, MS-12, sorry, that was the MS-11. MS-12 is the uh, Gigan, which is a little bit like a gun tank. As far as I can tell, never really put into service prototype or two. That was it. Same thing for MS-13, which was the, uh, oh man, I can't read my own handwriting, but Gashia, um, or Gashias, again, prototype only, so it doesn't matter that much. Talked about 14, 15, 16 is the Dogashia, and I think this is where we're getting out of the Pezun stuff and into some later uh, development that was going on, maybe Solomon or elsewhere on the moon. Um, MS-17 is the Galbaldi Alpha. Again, not very super important, um, but if you've watched Zeta, you know that there's a Galbaldi Beta that Neo Zeon uses. Um, so, hey, here was your Alpha. And I think that was kind of maybe retroactively placed in some side material uh, as a nod to that. MS-18 is the Comfer, which we will not see until the 0080 OVAs but we actually do get that in the, in the anime. MS-19 is the Dolmel, which was um, like in development and the later days of the war. So about the part of the story that we're getting to where the Gelgoog is in service, they're working on developing the Dolmel as a replacement, the enhanced, nicer, better, faster Gelgoog. So only a few of those get produced. MS-21, we don't even get to see until 0083 Stardust Memory. And it's basically a hodgepodge of stuff, but it is 100% a uh, Delaz fleet thing. It's MS-21, the draw C, just put together, hey, look, we'll call it a new mobile suit. So from there on, you know, whatever, we're well past the war. Um, you'll note the missing number was MS-20. And the general consensus seems to be no one knows what it was. It was in development. It got blown up at the end. And I don't like that answer. So if anybody's got, you know, master grade manuals and is able to like read in the Japanese and see if we've got any consensus here. Um, I know the Hyzak sometimes gets that number, but it doesn't work chronologically at all. Um, so I would look at a Hyzak of MS-20. I mean, it's, usually got another designation by the time it's really in service. Um, and I think that's a whole other series where it ends up with an MS 20, not the same one. So, yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think the Hyzak was based off of the, just based off of the Zaku. Yeah. It's like a nicer it, it Zaku with additional, you know, years of new yeah. things, but it, yeah, it wouldn't make sense to, it gets developed after the draw C. So it, it just wouldn't make any sense there. Uh, so I'm just really curious if anybody has any like hard information out there about what MS 20 is. I feel like there's like one, like 53 year old dude out there who watched this series back in the day also speaks Japanese and he's the only one on the planet. I, I think the most is. likely thing that we're going to find is there is um, one of these gunpla kits that has you know your your section of japanese text to it and it will say ms20 and if you have one of those gunpla kits and it says ms20 and you can't read it feel free to take a picture and send it to us because we will translate it and we will what he means is lane will translate to clarify <laughs> we will not translate it fair enough <laughs> lane will, fair i can enough. stick it into the translate app on my phone <laughs> All right. 
Well, that's all we have for this episode. Uh, join us next time for the final episode of uh, Mobile Suit Gundam The Origin 3, Encounters in Space. Uh, we will also discuss uh, the Origin manga, uh, Volume 12, and the side stories that are in it. Um, and, you know... And this, and that will be the end of 0079 yep. until this afters. But uh, so, so we have we have a handful of other th- shows that will be after this that are still part of the one year of war, and we'll uh, obviously have that some of that information and in the show notes and all that fun stuff. But uh, until then, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at New Type Flash Pod. Uh, you can hit me up at Skank and Monkey, Scotty P. Scotty underscore underscore P. Or just use the show's handle. Yep. And then we have Luke. Uh, at easy stuff, but none ever uses it. So just hit the show's handle. <laughs> I'll, I'll basically just like let these guys know that somebody's tweeting at them. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. That's, that <laughs> that's what happens when somebody replies to our Reddit post. So again, thanks for the That's the great way to get my attention on Reddit is tell Lane to get my attention. <laughs> yep. All right, guys. Thanks. And we will see you next time.